Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Get started on your undergraduate degree or certificate with University of Maryland Global Campus. Classes start March 17th. With virtual support services and no-cost digital materials replacing textbooks for most courses, UMGC can help you achieve your goals. Visit umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. Again, Dennis Bernstein, Kings of the Podcast, episode 28. Let's get after it, DB. What offseason, Jay? There's been absolutely no offseason for Kings of the Podcast. No, you're right. There's been a lot of action here at Kings of the Podcast. Over the last couple of days, by the way, DB, have been doing some remodeling here in the studio. So proud to bring this show, this episode, to you live from the Rob Stauber Studios here in Los Angeles. I finally know a name. <laughs> Finally, Jay. Well, stump me on one. No, and and you know what? Um, I was a little bit. I, I went back and forth on this one, okay? Because uh, first of all, he's a Kings of the Podcast alum. He was on the show earlier this year. Right. Told some great stories as well, and his name. Uh, will forever live on at Mayor's Manor. We will continue to talk about Rob Stauber, especially because, in my opinion, he had the best goalie masks in the history of the franchise. Uh, I've long said that. But really, for anybody that was around following the Kings during that era, he was just such an exciting player. His nickname was Blue Line. He was very aggressive. He would come out from the, the cage, and he would you know skate out. And I'm, I'm talking really far out towards the Blue Line. Uh, I think it was actually Jim Rome uh, that gave him his nickname back in the day. But anyway, uh, Stauber... 
is is still one of the obscure kings in the sense that he never had all of the hype like a guy like Jamie Storr, who was the goalie of the future at that time. Um, he did play over, uh, I think it was about five, four or five seasons in Los Angeles, had less than 100 NHL games, though, in his career. He went on to have a, a very successful career as a coach uh, in and around Minnesota and connected to Team USA uh, and, and various programs. Uh, Stauber, though, really, I think one of the things that you have to mention when you talk about him is he was the first goaltender to ever win the Hobie Baker Award. And if you don't follow college hockey, this is the Heisman Trophy of college hockey. It's a very big deal. And he was the very first goaltender to ever win that trophy, uh, which is which is pretty remarkable if you think about it, DB. Oh, yeah. yeah goalies never won that award. So, yeah, that's, that's very I – mean, it's very unique with respect to Stauber, yeah. Well, we have not only one, but we have two shows lined up this week. We'll talk more about that. But before we jump into things, though, very quickly, DB, want to remind the listeners um, that, you know, support for the show comes from Manscaped. And Manscaped supports us, and so our listeners hopefully support them. It's a great circle of life type thing. Uh, they support Manscaped, and then they, of course, uh, support Kings of the Podcast in return. So, you know, hockey is almost back, guys. It's uh, just a couple of weeks away. And, in fact, college hockey is returning this week. World Junior Championships is right around the corner. So lots of stuff happening on the ice, and you want to be ready. So it's time to throw on your favorite jersey. Make sure that you're ready to uh, for the action down below the waist as well. And that's where Manscaped can jump in and help you out. Over the last 18 months, they spent time redesigning the electric trimmer to deliver you the Lawnmower 3.0, which is considered to be the hygiene tool for the modern man. Um, it has a ceramic blade, skin-safe technology, waterproof, cordless, of course, the uh, Dennis Bernstein trademarked nightlight that comes with it as well. Uh, it's just, it's a fabulous deal. You also can get the uh, crop preserver and the crop reviver, which is some of their balms and deodorants that come with the kit. So go over to manscaped.com. Check it out. Kings of the Podcast has a special code for you. KOTP2020. You get 20% off plus free shipping. Just go to manscaped.com and use the code KOTP2020, and they will get you ready during this brief offseason. It's time for you to upgrade your blue line and choose Manscaped using our code. So there you go, DB. Lots you know, of Jay, I love the way you put it as the Manscaped circle of life. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Some unintended comedy here on the program this morning. So uh, good stuff. And look, hey, Dennis, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really excited for this particular episode because mm-hmm. I have some follow-up notes. So I love follow-up notes. So we've had a couple of topics recently that I've had to go away and do some homework, and I'm happy to report back that I have some answers for some questions. So why don't we jump into that? Absolutely, Jay. Let's do it. So AEG Sports COO, Chief Operating Officer Kelly Cheeseman, the big cheese with AEG, uh, mixed something in, had a little random comment when we had him on the program recently. And uh, of course, shameless plug time. If you have not listened to the episode with Kelly Cheeseman fans, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to it. It is not very often that you're going to get uh, really an unfiltered look at what's going on at AEG, AEG Sports, the LA Kings, Staples Center, etc. A great conversation, not just about the new reverse retro jersey, but also about what it's going to take to get fans back in the building, the remodel at Staples Center, a whole bunch of other stuff. So enough with the commercials. Let me get to this. Cheeseman made a passing comment about Adidas when we were talking about the jerseys, and he made reference to the fact that for three seasons on the purple and gold, forum blue and, and gold jerseys that the Kings wore in the late 80s, right before they switched to the black and silver when Gretzky came, that he noticed there was an Adidas logo in the bottom left corner. 
Now, I had never noticed it before. I didn't remember it. He didn't remember it. Uh, so, of course, I took that as a, as a challenge, and I had to dig in, and I had to find some information on that, DB. Um, had to make a number of phone calls. You might recall that you suggested start with Pete Demers, when we, a uh, longtime Kings trainer, equipment guy, um, on the last program. So I started with Pete. He connected me with somebody else, connected me with somebody else, made a lot of phone calls. And uh, basically, here's what I was able to get. Yes, in fact, the Adidas logo was on those jerseys for three seasons. The NHL database, uh, uniform database, was correct. And, but here's the story, Dennis, that I found so interesting. Adidas did not make the jerseys, just like Nike did not make those Edmonton Oilers jerseys. I, I, you might remember I made reference to the fact that there, were, uh, there was a Nike jersey that the Oilers wore at the end of Gretzky's tenure. It, it, and it's always stuck in the back of my mind how odd that was that Nike was on the jersey because Nike really had not exploded at that point in time. They were a running shoe for the most part. You know, the, the, the big Nike basketball craze didn't happen until the 90s, and certainly hockey would have come after that, right? Um, of course. Yeah. So for Nike to be involved with hockey and in the city of Edmonton of all places, and I know the Oilers were the juggernaut at the time, but it's always just struck me as, wow, what's the backstory there? It somewhat is connected to the Adidas story with the Kings, which to me is fascinating because this is all pre-Gretzky, pre the Kings and the Oilers having such a significant connection. Sorry, uh, 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 Daryl Evans and the Miracle on Manchester. But um, Dennis, you're going to love this. The Adidas logo was a paid sponsorship. So for all of the jersey honks out there, yeah, right? So for all the jersey honks out there that are upset and fearful and worried about paid advertising on NHL jerseys, I have breaking news for you. It's already happened. That's fantastic. Wow. Good stuff, right? Because you would think, right? You would think... The logo's on there because they made the jersey, but they actually, and even more so, they didn't make the jersey and they paid to be on there. I think that's a, that's a fantastic find, Jay. That's great. So, and there was, there, there's a whole bunch more connected to the story. I'll just share a couple of these tidbits and then someday we can do more of a deep dive on uniforms. But I just found out some fascinating information um, r- related to the whole jersey thing at the time. So this, is, this was uh, right before the NHL put together a league-wide uniform contract. So at that point in time, Teams, individual teams, would be responsible for ordering their own jerseys, designing them, ordering them, getting them lettered, everything. So it was a lot of work on the equipment guys and everything at that time. And so um, a couple interesting points here. One is that they would only order, because money was tight back then too, right? They would only order a limited number of jerseys and so they had to you know spend a lot of time repairing them and make make best use of them they would order them like numbers 1 to 35 which is why you didn't see a lot of high numbers back then you know uh, 1 to say 35 and they would order a certain quantity of each jersey in specific sizes no less um, for the season that's it and then what they would do is they would order these name bars and then if a guy was traded or if a guy showed up or if a guy made the team out of camp and, you know, something weird like that, then they had to scramble to put the name bar together and put it on the jersey. But if you were a player, it, it wasn't like it is now where you, you know, I, I want to wear number 62 or, you know, whatever your, your special reason was. You, it just didn't happen. It was like, oh, hey, what size are you? Okay, you're a, you're a large um, well, we have these three numbers available. Those are the three that you can pick from. You couldn't even pick from the full range because they didn't have a size range available for all the different sizes, which I thought was pretty funny. I think that's amazing, to be honest with you. It sees that the budgets weren't there, and, yeah, you only had a couple of options. That's that's crazy, man. And, right, just opposed to today where, you know, Connors are wearing 97, Sid's wearing 87. It's that they would have never had the opportunity had they played back then. They probably would have had 22 or 23 or 24. 
DB, it's a totally different world now. Guys are negotiating their number and putting it into their contract before they ever play their first pro game. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. And then here's another little tidbit for you. I love this one. I, I love all the little, little background stories. Um, and now I want to go back and research this. What I found out was that a guy like Marcel Dion, who was a smaller, you know, type player and limited jersey availability, obviously he wore 16, but I think he was a size 46. And what, what I found out was that he, because those jerseys and those sizes were so rare, he would often keep the same jersey for multiple seasons. And so they said, if you go back and look at some of the, the pictures, um, you can see where his sort of hue or color of the jersey, the foreign blue and gold, doesn't match the rest of the team. And that's because his jersey was not from the same dye lot that the rest of the team was wearing. His was from a previous season. <laughs> that's amazing. Wait, wait, wait. So he wore the same sweater? Yeah. Yes. Like for like over two seasons? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Is that amazing or what? That's No, that's Yes, that's amazing. So, Unreal. <laughs> so, I mean, I've had the privilege of talking to Marcel Dion a number of times and had him on the, the original Mayor's Manor podcast, uh, you know, five, eight years before there ever was a Kings of the Podcast. So I've talked to, to uh, uh, Dion many times, and, but now I want to call him up and talk to him again. We're going to have to get him on the show, um, not to talk about his wonderful Hall of Fame career, but instead to talk about jerseys and uniforms. Uh, I, I don't think there are a lot of people calling him up, asking him about, you know, dirty uniforms that he wore, you know, I don't even know, decades and decades I think ago. It's, I think that list is one. Great. That would be you. Well, now's the time. Let's get him on. We'll have to do that. Sure. So um, there you go. So thank you to Kelly Cheeseman, AEG Sports COO for planting that seed with me and then sending me on a wild goose chase um, that actually was a lot of fun and, and learned a lot of, uh, of background information. And I, I, I appreciate that. So thank you to Cheese. Um, switching gears, DB. The uh, Actually, you know what? Before we move on, I do want to say a little bit more about the jerseys, though. The, tying it back, though, to the retro jersey. Um, from what I understand, in, in making a couple phone calls and texts here, I just, you know, gauging how, how did sales go, um, it, it seems like the sales are very brisk and really took off of those jerseys. You know, the pre-orders started happening on Monday. And, um, DB, I was so interested. I'm really interested in finding out how this whole thing plays out, not because I have a financial stake in it, but only because for years, years, fans have contacted us both on social media and said, purple jersey, purple jersey, purple jersey. And they finally did it. And, you know, we're in this weird economic time right now with COVID and everything else. And, uh, you know, I don't want to turn too dark, but I know that, you know, just people's uh, disposable income maybe wasn't necessarily what it once was. And of course, this particular program was launched, uh, you know, two years ago. So at the time that they created the specialty jersey idea, there was, you know, no thought of a pandemic or whatever, but happy to report that uh, sales are very, very strong, as I think we could have expected for this jersey. I think if you look at the rankings and you go on social media and see different people ranking it, it's in the top three. Like some people have it number one, some two, some three. Uh, but it's just people going crazy over it. All the reviews are fantastic. Like winners, LA's always in the winners, you know, in, uh, in the winners track, and it's just yeah, an affirmation that uh, what you said. It's it, they probably listened to the fans and they created something that uh, I'm sure will go through the roof with respect to sales. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough time, John, but. The other thing is that there's a lot of pent up demand too. Mm-hmm. Like people at home, they're not going out. They're not going out to dinner, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Because I think some people do have some income to spend it, but I think it's going to be a huge seller. And it's going to be great uh, to see people wearing it around the city once we get out of our houses again. Yeah. Uh, you know, DB, that's a perfect setup. So thank you very much for that. I'll, I'll send you a dollar in the mail um, or via Venmo, as the kids do these days. Uh, <laughs> 
you know, you have talked recently about the need to have more fun and that that's the purpose of this jersey, right? So we decided at Mayor's Manor to have some fun. We took that whole idea. Forget the rankings. Forget everybody else's opinions of the jersey. Who cares how I would rank the jersey or how you would rank the jerseys? Uh, Let's hear from the listeners. Let's hear from the fans. So we created the Reverse Retro Cup, and this debuted on Mayor's Manor this week. And uh, just very quickly, DB, humor me for a minute. What we did is we took all 31 of the jerseys, and, and we put them in the divisions, and we are letting the fans vote. So they're going to pick the top four reverse retro jerseys from each of the divisions, so the Pacific, the Central, the Atlantic, and so on. And then based upon the vote totals in each of those divisions, that will determine the seedings, the rankings. So then I'm going to seed the eight playoff teams in the West, the eight playoff teams in the East. We'll, we will, again, let the fans and listeners vote on who should win each particular matchup. And then we'll get to eventually the final of the reverse retro cup. And then we will announce and award the reverse retro cup to one of these 31 reverse retro jerseys. And what I really want to do is I want to get a lot of uh, uh, feedback from the listeners all across the country, all across North America. So thank you to guys like Joe Yearden and uh, uh, Nick Alberga, friend of the show, as he likes to say, um, C- CM Punk's personal, uh, um, you know, I don't know, uh, valet. Uh, but anyway, um, we uh, we want to get, you know, not just Southern California, not just, you know, Ducks and Kings and Sharks fans, you know, and people on the West Coast that might listen to us, but people in Montreal, people in Florida, all across the NHL. We want to get them to weigh in because some of these other teams um, have very of uh, their fan bases have very strong opinions about their jersey oh, yeah. one way or the other. And so I would like their input as well. I think it will be a lot of fun. The reverse retro cup. Well, you remember, Jay, the King of Kings tournaments. I loved the King of Kings tournament because I was so fascinated by how the fans would react to certain matchups. Um, right. I think Luke had to go up against Blake in, in one of the brackets, and I think yes. Dowdy went up against Quick or something like that. So I, I don't remember the exact brackets, but uh, it was a lot of fun last year, yes, determining the King of Kings. And uh, the winner was, of course, Dustin Brown. Uh, which I think is very deserving because, you know, you talk about underappreciated and underrespected players. Um, and, you know, p- people just for really forget what Dustin Brown means to the organization. Not only the first captain to raise the Stanley Cup again, you know, twice back in 2012 and 2014, but uh, really took over the leadership group of this team at a very transitional moment. We talked about transitions mm-hmm. with cheese last time, but boy, this this team when Dean Lombardi came in really was in need of a new roadmap. And, and you know, if you think about it from like a house perspective, Perspective. They tore this thing down to the studs, uh, maybe even leveled it, maybe even, you know, dug a hole and buried everything and then rebuilt everything from the ground up. And Dustin Brown was a, a very, very big part of that. And uh, of course, his his number will go to the rafters at some point. And maybe at the bottom of that, they can add a little extra uh, uh, stripe or something that says King of this Kings is the last minute of play in the period. <laughs> they should. We'll have to petition to make that happen. Um Switching gears a little bit, though, uh, Dennis, to, on today's program, it really sets up uh one of two guests that we have this week. So a little sneak peek and and a spoiler alert for the fans. So coming up today, we have the reigning defend. I'm sorry, sorry, it was the wrong Brock. We have uh, Brock... (laughs) <laughs> we have Brock Faber coming on the program today in the second period, and he was the second round uh, pick of the LA Kings. The Kings moved up to take him in the most recent draft, and he is going to be a freshman right now at the University of Minnesota. And as sort of scheduling and luck would have it, nothing's luck, DB, I planned it this way. Uh, Cole Holtz, uh, who just recently turned pro, 
graduated from Penn State, and Minnesota is kicking off the college hockey season by playing Penn State. So we're going to... Unfortunately, there will not be Kings on Kings crime with these two teams playing because uh, Holtz has graduated. But uh, first up this week, we'll talk to young Brock Faber. And then uh, later this week, we will talk to Cole Holtz, who is graduating, of course, and uh, probably will be joining the uh, Ontario Reign this coming season. Absolutely. It should be fun. A lot of... All great scouting reports on Brock Faber. Great skater. Uh, maybe he needs to work a little bit on his offense, but I'm, I'm eager to see what he has to say with, as he enters his freshman year uh, with the Golden Gophers. Okay, so let's get to the break, DB, and let's bring him in and get him started. On the other side, we'll be uh, joined by Brock Faber. London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner, where open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEC. Open makes more possible. It's time for the second period, and joining the guys next will be a prospect who played with the U.S. national program the past few seasons. He's currently starting his college career as a freshman at the University of Minnesota, and last month, the Kings traded up in the draft to select him 45th overall. Please welcome to the show, Brock Faber. All right, we're back for the second period, and let's welcome into the show now, fresh to the L.A. Kings organization, recently drafted, uh, and we'll talk about that and a lot of other stuff. We're talking about Brock Faber. Brock, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You know, look, we have, so, we have so much to get to today. Uh, talk about you, talk about hockey, talk about life away from hockey. Um, but first, I just have to pass this note along. As you, uh, as you get to know us a little bit better in the, in the coming years, now that you're in the L.A. Kings fold, you'll know that one of the things that I enjoy talking about are former L.A. Kings and even obscure L.A. Kings. And I couldn't go this uh, program without talking about Rob Stauber. He went to the University of Minnesota, and he was the first goalie to win the Hobie Baker Award. So just keep that in mind when you're on camp and you're walking around if you maybe when you see a stobber picture or something you can you can think of me or remember this conversation <laughs> got it sounds good yeah. we'll do not a we'll lot of do. goalies win the hobie baker i mean come on let's give it up for the guy for sure for sure now look um we want to talk hockey but uh right off the hop i need to know something here too it seems like brock has become the go-to name now i'm not throwing stones my name's john so i mean it's about as generic as it comes but when I think of, when I think of Brock from Minnesota, I think of you know uh, Brock Lesnar. But it seems like it's become the go-to hockey name in Canada. If your name's Tyler or Caden, you have to play hockey. But now it's you have like Brock Besser, Brock Nelson, Brock Faber. Yeah. Is, is that the there thing? Is, there's a lot. Of, yeah, no, I that's I don't know if that's a coincidence or if it's it's really the name. No, I don't know. I there has been a lot more Brocks, but other than those. Those three that you said there, there hasn't, there's not many more than that, I don't think. So. That's it. So Brock Besser, Brock Nelson, Brock Faber, we've now covered all the Brocks in Minnesota. 
I think so. Yeah, I think I think that's accurate. I don't know though. <laughs> we can move on then. Um, it's been such a weird year. We hear about it all the time. You hear about it on the news. You know, you probably talk about it with your friends and everything. But uh, we're sitting here now. Everything happens so fast, right? Like your season last year ended, and then we sit around and we wait all year long in this weird summer. The NHL draft then finally happens, mm-hmm. and then now you're on campus and college season starting. All this stuff has it really sank in yet that you were an NHL draft pick? Honestly, no. I mean, it, it has it has been starting to. I think you know the whole day was a blur. the The whole almost week leading up to it was a blur. Um, but you know, now that it's over, it was like that. And just looking back on it, it's it's crazy to think about like everything that happened during the day and like really go over in my head. Like, um, you know, all the time I got to spend with my family and stuff. It was it was amazing, and I love thinking about it. I, I think. Um, definitely still a little bit of a blur. Everything's honestly kind of a blur. Um, these past few days, these past few months, you know, I, everything, I think everyone's kind of in the same boat, but yeah, for me, definitely still a little bit of blur, uh, of a blur and hasn't sunk in quite yet. So, yeah. And then you have, you're, you're sitting around on campus trying to probably eat pizza and play video games. And then the Kings PR staff is asking you, Hey, can you find 20 minutes to go jump on Kings of the podcast? That wasn't in your, in your weekly plan here. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> no, I, I mean I've, I've spoken with a lot, I've spoken with PR uh, PR guys from from LA, and I've spoken with I've done a few interviews. It's been nothing crazy though. It's been just a few here and there. So honestly, I enjoy doing them too. It's it's fun to talk about the the whole day. The whole day again just brings up obviously positive memories. So all right, so I'm I'm making a note right here in my notebook. Then what I just heard was you have plenty of free time in your schedule. So we're going to have you on every week now as our college hockey correspondent and you can let us know how the season's going Uh, because the Kings have graduated most of their college hockey guys over the last couple years so now it's like the literally it is the freshman class coming in so we have you uh, we had Andre Lee who's over at UMass Lowell he was on the program recently Uh, we have David Rennick who's at St. Cloud State but he's he's a senior he's going to be graduating so we need some new college hockey correspondents I'm glad you volunteered for it Um, look (laughs) in in talking with uh, in all seriousness in Talking with a lot of the scouts and uh, different mm-hmm. people in management, the thing that the phrase and the terms that are said over and over and over when it comes to you, very bright kid, articulate young man, high end character. Those those things get repeated all the time, and it's one of the reasons mm-hmm. they tell us that they jumped up to get you in the second round. So there you are, you're sitting there on day two of the draft, you're waiting to hear your name called when the Kings traded up. At that moment, did you think, oh, this might be me, or no? Were you not really thinking that the Kings were high on you? Yeah, actually, so um, you know, going into going into the second day of the draft, I um, I didn't really know. I I had no idea where I was going to go. Um, I had a you know, I had a fair. I had a fairway. It was somewhere mid to late um, second round, maybe early second round. But um, when they traded up, I was actually told um, by my coach mm. that I was that I was you know being picked by the Kings. So he got the whole team in the um, in the room to watch it and obviously a super special moment to, to, to spend it with the guys that I've been practicing, working out with for the past three months. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely didn't really know that the Kings were picking me until, uh, coach Moscow came up and told me. So, 
That's that's pretty unbelievable. Now you spent some time at the U.S. National Program, and uh, we had Turcotte on recently, and even even Coach Robleski came on, and they were trying to explain the way that the program is set up. You know, for those that aren't there and then aren't living it, mm-hmm. just the U.S. program is 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 kind of like a school, right? It's just they think everybody's all together, but you actually played up uh, one of the games, I believe, and you had a chance to play on that team, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. with with yeah. Turcotte and Robleski, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, I played one game. I, I practiced with them for a few weeks there, and uh, yeah, got got one, got to play one game with them. So, what do you take away overall? Just your time with the USA program uh, as you now prepare for college life. What do you take away from that time? You know, it was it was a special two years. You know, I obviously learned a lot. I learned a ton in those two years. I think, um, you know, as a person, mostly. I think, you know, hockey wise, it was you know playing up, playing against older guys for. Um, as such a as such a young player and a young team, it was definitely an adjustment, definitely a change. Uh, and you learn a lot, but you know, as a person living on your own, uh, without your family, living with a billet family, there's um, a lot of things, that, and you you need to mature very quickly. So, um, I think I think mostly just amazing two years. Obviously, spending it with uh, you know going to war with the guys that came in with me it was um, uh, two years I'll never forget. So, well. You're you're being kind of thrown into the fire uh, as well here, starting in college. I mean, you're going to be at Minnesota. They're ranked number fourteen, I believe. You guys were the preseason favorite in the the Big Ten. Uh, so there's a lot of pressure coming in. Big game tomorrow night against Penn State. It's going to be on TV. So even people here in Los Angeles, they'll have an opportunity. Lord knows, I'll be tweeting about it all the time, trying to get people to watch the game. Uh, what type of pressure are you feeling uh, heading into this series against Penn State? Uh, not not too much pressure. It's- more excitement you know not having <clears throat> haven't haven't played a hockey game in a really long time so um yeah it's mostly just excitement i'm excited to get out there with all the guys um obviously we have a we have a pretty special group uh, a lot of great returners here good incoming class so um i wouldn't say it's as much pressure definitely more excitement so all right so in the nhl there's been a lot of hype over the last couple of days to a week or so with the the debut of these uh reverse retro jerseys that were going around the league. But, yeah. uh, quietly, <laughs> you, you probably are familiar. Everybody's talking about it. But mm-hmm. quietly, uh, Minnesota also made a little bit of a of splash. This is their 100th season, and there's a, a special jersey uh, that, mm-hmm. that that was just uh, announced. What do you think about that jersey? Oh, my gosh. It's sweet. I love it. I think it's awesome. It's a pretty story jersey. You know, it's um, almost a replica of a I – don't, I don't know what year uh, it, it, it is, but it's – from a long time ago it's storied and obviously it's um it's definitely the definitely the right choice considering it's the the hundredth season here so uh yeah no i love it i love the design i love everything about it so yeah um before we move on just a real quick i would say a serious note and that is the fact that uh for those that don't know you you were originally scheduled to go to notre dame and then you reopened your your commitment there and mm-hmm. made some changes for family reasons i'm just curious if you'd if you'd like to share a little bit of that story with the listeners as people get to know a little bit more about brock faber yeah i think uh for me and you know i love it here in minnesota and i think um i made a, i made a, the decision at a pretty young age i think um it was a, it was definitely a decision that I made because I, I really wanted to come home. I really wanted to play for the Gophers, and I grew up, you know, going to games every Friday and Saturday night. It was something that was super special to me. Special to me, and um, you know, I think it's kind of a long story behind it, but um, I thought it was the right decision, the best decision for uh, for me as a 
person and as a player. So, yeah, uh, I, I would. I've also uh, come to find out that you have a little interesting uh, tidbit in your background, and that is the fact that you, you kind of skipped uh, a level, if you will. You never played high school hockey, which is a big thing in the state of Minnesota. Of course, it is the state yeah. of hockey. But you mm-hmm. went straight from Bantam hockey into, because of the way your birthday falls, uh, over to the National Training Development Program. So that's, yep. uh, that's a little interesting tidbit. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely, um, you know, I, I had the choice to play high school. And um, obviously, as a, as a kid from Minnesota, high school hockey is, you know, one of the biggest deals. But um, for me, it was, staying my second year band was we had a really special group there so um, I thought it was better for me and I thought it was better for my development and um, you know it worked out I think the adjustment was maybe a little harder um, you know jumping from Bantam to to the USHL um, in the span of a few months but I think definitely definitely worked out and my favor got um, you know obviously with the coaching staff there and you know all my teammates it was easier to to adjust just because all the support I had so um, I think, yeah, for me, it was definitely tough, definitely a tough decision, but um, definitely the, also the right one. So, Well, you mentioned that Bantam team being pretty special. From what I understand, not only did you guys win the state championship, but also it's, uh, it's regarded as one of the best Bantam teams ever in the state, and that says a lot for, like we were talking about there, for the state of Minnesota. Interestingly mm-hmm. enough, connected back to the L.A. Kings, though, uh, one of the head scouts here in the U.S., Tony Gasparini, if I have this correct, his son played against you, uh, and I'm just wondering if uh, if Tony, well, maybe if you had to chirp Tony about that during some of the interviews. You and Tony spoke, and maybe with Teddy Belisle as well. I think face to face right before COVID hit, right? Uh, yeah, we. I don't. I don't. Actually, I don't remember playing as kid, but um, <laughs> no, we. That's uh, not the right answer. No, yeah, <laughs> you're supposed to give the stock answer of, oh, I remember his son. Oh, yeah, he's a good player, really good player. You know, you have to, you have to, you have to work on that. <laughs> yeah, well, that, I. That was a bad answer. My fault. We'll cut that out. Yeah, we'll we'll fix that um, in editing. Don't worry. <laughs> all right. Um, I uh, uh, yeah. Sorry. Um, what are I'm you ordering? Are you ordering burgers here while we're while we're recording? Or no, I'm in the the dorm of my uh dorm where I live, the dorm hallway. So I don't have a mask on. I totally oh. put one on. Um, yeah. No, I think I. Playing for the question was talking face to face with Tony before before COVID hit. Yeah, just you talked to Tony, you talked to Teddy, uh, Teddy Blyle face to face before right before COVID hit, and just uh, wondering if anything came up there about you playing against Tony's son. It doesn't sound like it. No, no, briefly, briefly, but I I, I was told that I played him, but um, I never met him personally or anything. So gotcha. Okay. Hey, hey Brock. So when you read for fans that haven't seen you play. Um, the scouting report's pretty standard, right? Incredible skater, smothering defensive player, um, and not the, the most gifted offensive player as well. So, like, do you, it's coming into the season. Do you want to work on that? Do you want to play to your strengths? How do you envision your freshman season going um, with the Golden Gophers? Yeah, I think um, I think those are those are definitely the strengths of my game, and um, something that I do obviously, like you said, want to improve on is the offensive side of my game, and I think. Um, for me, it will definitely be, um, I think it will be really easy. I think it will be something that, um, I'll just be able to use more of. I think, I, I think the offense is there. Offense is there in my game. Um, obviously while I'm still taking pride in the, the de- defensive side of things, I think, um, you know, playing with the players that I'm going to this, this year and, uh, given the opportunities that I'm going to hopefully have, I think, um, it definitely will be something that I'll improve on and, um, improve on all areas of my game. So. 
How long have you been uh, practicing? I know different, uh, I, I mean, th- with Minnesota, because different schools have had sort of different plans and different things going on. Um, how long have you been on campus and, and pr- practicing and getting ready for, for this first uh, set of games here? Uh, we, so we were practicing for, for um, a while, a while here. And in the summer, we all worked out together and skated. Um, it was kind of tough because of COVID. We were split up into groups. And um, thankfully, we're, we were all able to, to get back in the same locker room this week. And, um, but practice-wise, we've been going for about two months here, um, on and off with some positive cases. But um, definitely, definitely ready, definitely ready to go. I think as a team, we're, uh, we're definitely really looking forward to, to Thursday and Friday. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then right behind that, uh, and uh, we don't have an official date. Maybe you do. You can break some news here on the program, but we don't have the official date yet, but it looks like Team USA camp is going to begin probably around December 6th, uh, 6th somewhere in that sort of uh, range. Uh, you're scheduled or you're believed to be part of the uh, selection camp for Team USA and the World Junior Championships. Um, what just what would that mean to you to be able to participate mm-hmm. in that tournament? For sure. I mean, I mean, it would mean a ton, you know, I think. Um, growing up watching world juniors over Christmas was always, was always a tradition, you know, that the family had that all my buddies had, um, you know, playing the backyard ranks with the USA Jersey on pretending like you're in the world junior tournament was always there too. And, um, you know, I think being a part of that team would obviously be super special and, um, you know, hopefully I, hopefully I get that opportunity, but, um, if not, hopefully next year, next year will be a better year. So. How closely do you pay attention to the roster? And like, okay, they're inviting forty guys or forty-two guys, and and who am I going to have to beat out to try to make you know the team? Who's a returning player? Who's you know that sort of thing? How much time do you spend on that? Be honest. Uh, um, to be honest, I don't I don't really spend that that much time. You know, I, I try and focus on my own game, um, just working on my own compete level, my work ethic, things like that, and uh, you know whatever happens happens. And I think um, for me, definitely definitely don't do too much roster studying but uh, like I said more focused on myself so when the Kings drafted you how well did you know their NHL roster do you pay attention to the NHL at all or you're just so focused on you know developing your own game and your own career that now you don't really follow it too much no I, I definitely no I definitely follow you know the NHL not too much um, obviously growing up in Minnesota I um, I was a big wild fan growing up and then once I moved to Michigan I was um, I, I kind of just started to watch all hockey games, watch all different types of teams, and um, never never got to watch LA too much because of the time change. But um, you know, I think for me, it's um, I, I, it's definitely something I followed growing up, and obviously, a dream to play in the NHL. It's it's fun to watch. So um, yeah, I didn't I didn't know too many guys on the roster. Obviously, Kopitar, Dowdy, um, you know, the, other than the big names. But um, yeah, no, that's that's about it. So when you were watching hockey then, and you're saying, it sounds like after the Minnesota Wild, you weren't really necessarily a fan of any particular team. Which So when you watched, no. when you watched the game, was it because you wanted to see a particular player or you liked a matchup or what, what would drive you to watch a game or just because you had a break in your schedule and there was something on TV? Yeah, it would just be, you know, obviously busy schedule at the program uh, in Michigan. So any, any, you know, any open free time that I had, I'd obviously chill in the, chill in the living room with the billet family and throw on a hockey game. So kind of just depending on the night, how much time I had. So, um, yeah, no, no one, no one really specific. Yeah. You know, the billet family side of it is something that we don't spend enough time talking about probably not only for uh, kids that are here in, in the U S but, uh, junior players as well. You're moving away from your family at such a young age. 
Um, it has kind of, I, I would imagine, that, that plus and minus feeling to it in the sense that you know that you're going away with this great opportunity to further develop your career, your passion, something that you want to do and you want to, you know, sort of dedicate your life to. And on the other end of the spectrum, you're, you're leaving behind your family. Uh, I would imagine that it, or maybe yeah. it wasn't. Was it, a, was it a tough decision when you had to uh, start thinking about that? And, and, and at what age was it that it first kind of dawned on you, wow, I might not be at home much longer? Yeah, I think um, when I was when I was given the the opportunity to choose whether I wanted to play for NTP or not, I think um, it was definitely a hard decision. And you know, hockey wise, I knew I knew the development. Um, I knew how much better I could get. Um, I, I felt that I could get that good at home too, like um, playing high school hockey. I think um, so. It was a, it was a decision whether I wanted to you know really push myself or if I wanted to you know, kind of stay comfortable. And I think making that decision was obviously tough. Like I said, leaving, leaving my family, leaving everything I knew, but, um, you know, with my build families, thankfully they were both awesome both years and, um, made the adjustment super easy for me. And, um, you know, my parents also were, were able to fly out, um, every month or every two months to watch a game. So, um, all in all, everything, everything went super smoothly and, uh, the adjustment wasn't that bad. So, all right. Why don't we wrap up with a couple of sort of generic questions, but give people an opportunity to get to know you a little bit better. What What are you into away from the rink? Uh, you know, music, video games, movies. What do mm-hmm. you? And don't and don't give me that stock answer. I just I focus on hockey. I train, eat, sleep. That's, <laughs> yeah. You have to have yeah. something when you're turning your brain off. What 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 are you into? Yeah, for sure. I think obviously I've mentioned a few times spending time with my family is uh, one of one of the best things that in my life. One of the most meaningful things in my life. Um, you know, my dog, Snoop, black lab named Snoop, Snoop, uh, one of my best buddies. Yeah. He, uh, okay. Five, five years old. Yeah. He, um, he's awesome, obviously grown up with him. So, um, I think other than that, it's, you know, spending time with friends, whether it's, you know, playing football, playing basketball, uh, video games, going to Chipotle, whatever it is. Um, Chipotle. Pretty, pretty wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is this like an? Is this like a U.S. program thing? Everybody there has to eat Chipotle. Turcotte for the first year spent all this time talking about Chipotle. He seems to have graduated, moved on from it now. But what's the deal? Are they just like free food? Do they give you guys cards or something? And you guys are just devouring <laughs> Chipotle. What's going on out there at the program? I don't know if it's just the program. I think it's there's a lot of hockey players around, and you know, on my team this year, it's, we go we go to Chipotle two three times a week. Mm. It's uh, it's yeah. I don't know what it is. I love it. I could eat it every day. Really? Um, and I think a lot of people would say the same. Yeah. What do you get at Chipotle? I get a bowl. Yeah. Uh, it switches, but I get a bowl most of the time. White rice, chicken, uh, corn. Yeah, you got to get the sour corn. cream, cheese, lettuce, and yeah. sometimes and then the vinaigrette. You got to get the vinaigrette. Vinaigrette. I've never ordered that before. What's that? Oh, you gotta try it. It's really? like the, it's a it's a side, it's like a little side sauce that you put on. Um, I don't, I don't even really. It's vinaigrette, obviously, but it's like different. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but it's unbelievable. It's really good. I, I do not order that. I do I do normally get a little bit of the pico de gallo, but I, I go with the guacamole instead of the sour cream. So my bowl is similar. But and then you have to get the uh, the tortilla. You don't get the chips. You get the uh, tortilla, which they, yeah. they warm up. That's that's the way to go for sure. For sure, yeah. You, and then you, you have half the bowl and put 
throw the other half in the in the tortilla and have a burrito. <laughs> now, uh, now Chipotle is going to start sponsoring us after this, so thank you very much. But I do see you didn't get to come to development <laughs> camp in L.A., so you didn't get to find out all the tricks. So I'm going to give you the heads up now. When you come to L.A. next summer for development camp, you'll be staying at a hotel, which is right across the street from the uh, the Kings training facility, and a couple of blocks away where all the food places are that you guys can walk to. Um, you have like a Five Guys and, and uh, I think it's a Rubio's mm-hmm. and whatever and a habit. But the place that everybody loves going to is the Chipotle. So there you go. Now now you know there's a there's a Chipotle for you. You're going to be just fine. You're not going to get along with anybody. Good. Nobody's going to like you, and you're going to be totally bored the whole time you're here. But at least you'll have Chipotle like your security blanket from home, okay? All right, good. Sounds good. All right, to hear. Uh, one last one, and then we'll let you get back to studying. I mean, and then you know, get some rest tonight too before the uh, before the game against Penn State. But uh, how about your all time yeah. favorite NHL uh, uh, defenseman? So if you could if you could play an NHL game and have one guy past or present as your your partner, your defensive partner, who would it be? Gosh, that's a good question. Um, See, they're not all easy like the Chipotle questions. We have to we have to put a couple good ones in there. Yeah, that is a that's a great question. I think. Um, growing up, growing up, my favorite defenseman had to, has, I think Brent Burns, okay. I, think I have a Brent Burns jersey. I was a pretty big Brent Burns fan. Still am. Obviously don't, don't watch him as much, but, um, yeah, I'd say, I'd have to say if I could have a D partner out of my dreams, it would be, would be Brent Burns. Now I'm going to throw a curveball at you. When Burns was traded from the wild to San Jose, do you know who went yes. back, do you know who went back to Minnesota in that deal? Oh gosh! Um, give me. Can you give me a hint? Because I think I'd be able to get it if you give me a hint. Okay, fine. I'll give you a hint. His first and his last name start with the same letter. Okay. Um. Forward, or a single digit forward. number, which is very odd. He's no, lo- he's no longer on the wild. <laughs> That's true too. Yes, he's now with the Boston Bruins. Uh yeah, Charlie Coyle. Yes, Charlie, Charlie Coyle. Coyle. Charlie the Boston Coyle. Bruins. I I actually didn't I actually didn't know that until <laughs> they said it was until they said it was until you guys said it was on he was on Boston. Well, uh, I don't think I would have gotten it. I'll give you my my quick funny uh, Charlie Coyle story and we'll we'll wrap this up. Uh, very few people can stump me in the middle of an interview. I uh, really enjoy having conversations with players. But <laughs> Coyle did stump me. Before the 2010 NHL draft, uh, you know, getting to know him, doing an interview. Uh, the draft was going to be here in Los Angeles, so I uh, you know, had a lot of players on. And uh, somehow, some way, we ended up talking about uh, odd things or you know, interesting, unique things. And he said, yeah, a lot of people tell me I look like Nick Jonas from the Jonas Brothers. And I, I had absolutely no follow-up <laughs> to that. So to this day, anytime, and I love Charlie Coyle as a player, but to this day, anytime that I look at Charlie Coyle, even though he, you know, now has more of a, a shaved head look, uh, anytime I look at him, all I see is Nick Jonas from the Jonas Brothers. So um, <laughs> I, I, any, any famous celebrities that you look like, Brock, as we wrap things up here today? Hopefully it's not a Jonas Brother or, or uh, something like that. I don't, I don't think I have one. I don't, I couldn't tell you one. No, I don't know. All right. Well, uh, it's been awesome having you on the program. Welcome to the LA Kings organization. Congratulations on being selected uh, at the 2020 draft. We look forward to seeing you here in LA. And uh, in the meantime, we'll uh, we'll book your appearance for next week as our as our new college correspondent. We look forward to keeping up with you throughout the season. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. All right, Brock. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, talk to you soon. Bye. There you go. Brock Faber from the University of Minnesota. We'll talk more about that on the other side of the break.
from the depths of the sea back to the block Snoop Doggy Dog Pokey is the the, the doc went solo on that ass but it's still the same Long Beach is the spot where I serve my cane follow me follow me follow me follow me but you bet not slip cause nine triz ain't the gizzy for me to cliz out my grip so I ain't holding nothing back and once again I got five on the twin sack it's like that and as a matter of fact cause I never hesitate to put a food on his back yeah so keep out the manuscript you see that it's a must we drop gangsters What's my name? Welcome back to the third period of Kings of the Podcast with DB and the Mayor. Third period. Wow, DB, what a fantastic interview there with uh, young Brock Faber. Just uh, a couple of quick highlights uh, from you uh, coming out of that interview. You know, Jay, not only Brock, but the kids that we've talked to over the last couple of weeks, like you and I remember when we were like 18, 19 years old, there's no way we were this mature that, that we conduct interviews with media people. So just... It's just to me, it, it's it's a great sign that the future is is right. Just in general, because like kids kids this age are just so put together, and so at least the kids that we've talked to, and I guess it's an affirmation to the kids are, that the Kings are drafting kids that really have their act together. It's really mm-hmm. really stunning to hear 18, 19 year old kids take on a conversation because I know when I was that age, like there's no way, just no way. So it's, it's really refreshing to see how composed these kids are. They have an idea of what they want to do, what their future's like. They can talk about their pluses and minuses with respect to the game. It's just really refreshing to, to talk to kids this age that are so put together. Yeah. You know, uh, just a couple of points on that, Dennis is one, it's so nice that they actually are, uh, you know, that they're articulate and that they can uh, carry a conversation because so many of the, you know, teenagers these days, younger kids, you know, uh, they, they're so heavy into the texting that they just, they don't talk like you and I did, you know, we, we talked with our buddies when we were kids and, and sometimes they just, they're not able to carry a conversation. You try talking to them, they don't know, they can text with you, but they don't know how to carry on a conversation. Not these kids, man. They are, and probably has something to do with team sports, right? Where you can't just hide in your room and play Xbox and talk, you know, over the, over texting. You actually are in the locker room and you're with these guys. And so you are toxing, talking and communicating. And, and it probably is more like, you know, uh, the childhood that we had. But also what a tribute to the parents as well, because it yeah. just goes to show, you know, what great parents all of these kids have. And we, 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 a lot of times we give them credit, but what about the billet families too? That was, you know, something that was briefly mentioned in there. And I don't think we talk enough about the billet families and what these kids go through. I can't imagine that if I was, you know, a teenager and moving away from home, I, I loved my family. I had a good life. I couldn't imagine just, you know, packing up and moving as a teenager and going and living with, uh, with some stranger. Yeah. And plus on the other end, you're bringing a, like a 17, 18 year old kid into your home. My, yeah, and I know that most of these bullet films have done it before, but this is to bring in basically a stranger and a kid that you're responsible for 24 uh, seven. You're taking care of someone else's family's kid. I mean, that's a huge responsibility. And you're right. It, it, the story is never told enough, but it's a really impactful um, you know, situation with respect to bringing kids here. It helps their development. It helps them feel comfortable that they can go out and play in a, a strange land or a strange uh, city uh, that they've never been to before. Yeah, we had foreign exchange students in our in our high school, right. and uh, those kids always ended up being the most popular kid in school. And it was probably because we were all sick of each other by that point. We had grown <laughs> up with each other from elementary school to junior high, and then eventually into high school. Um, I mean, I know when you each time you you know go a level up, you know other schools sort of filter into the program. But but still, by and large, you've been around the same group of people for a long time. And then these these exotic foreign exchange students come over speaking a different language and. Um, a lot of them are so charismatic and it's funny because I didn't think so at the time, but now looking back on it, it sort of all makes sense because if they were, 
if they were an introvert and they were not mm -hmm. exciting people, then they probably would have never packed up and left home, right? right. So you have to be a, a very, very much an extrovert type of uh, outgoing person to be willing to pack up, you know, if you're living in Germany or Slovakia or wherever and 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 move to uh, to the United States and do a foreign exchange program. Yeah, and, so, and, and look at, you know, go back to the Andre Lee and the David Rennick yeah, interviews. Like, those kids are more worldly. They've been around. You yeah. mentioned Lee going to Italy and speaking different languages. So I think when they come over, the exchange students, they probably talk, they have to speak multiple languages, their own home language, plus plus um, um, uh, English. And they've probably been around Europe because there's, you know, open borders, you can travel and stuff. So I, I couldn't agree with you more with respect to what those kids offer when you come over to the States. Well, I only have a few regrets in life, DB. One of them is that I missed out on the last Nirvana concert at the Forum uh, in whatever year that was, 93, 94, something like that. I apologize, Nirvana fans. Um, but I missed out on that. I skipped it and said, oh, I'll catch them next time. Big mistake. And uh, second one uh, was, uh, I, I guess, looking back on it now, I, I, I wish I would have been a foreign exchange student. I wish I would have gone over to Europe and lived for a couple of months. And maybe uh, it would have advanced my my uh, my knowledge of other languages. And maybe I could speak something yeah. um, besides just English, which, of course, I, I struggle with at times. Um, <laughs> But DB, uh, just a couple of quick notes on speaking of Europe, uh, Jacob Mavari, uh, Kings defenseman draft pick, he's uh, been out with injury. He's scheduled to return. So that's a good thing. He'll be playing um, this week. Uh, Bjornfoot just returned from a, being out for a couple of games and uh, had an assist on the game winning goal in overtime. So he jumped right back into the heat of things. And of course, uh, he will be at Team USA. It's not Team USA. He'll be at Sweden's camp. I wish he was going to be at Team USA camp. Um, <laughs> I still laugh, by the way, thinking about Byfield. He was so, talk about composed. He was so composed. And at the very end of the interview, I tried slipping by him that USA was going to beat Canada at the World Juniors. And he, he picked right up on it, man. He wanted no part of that. Yeah. Uh, I laugh. Uh, and then also on the docket over in Europe, uh, Germany, let's not forget about them. Uh, Berlin, specifically, uh, they are going to be playing. Uh, they have two games this week. They're going to be playing on Thursday and they're going to be playing on Saturday. You can stream those games and there are three Kings prospects that are there. Aiden Dudas, Akil Thomas, and uh, goaltender Jacob Ingham. So uh, I guess another somewhat European-related note ties back to the World Juniors, DB. Um, another country has released their preliminary roster for their camp, which would be Slovakia and Chromiak, one of the players the Kings drafted. So just sort of slowly checking off the boxes, trying to get up to 11, most likely 10, but it could be 11 players that the LA Kings will send, prospects that the LA Kings would send to training camps and we'll see if they can, or evaluation camps, we'll see if they can eventually um, make it onto those world junior rosters. Uh, on, on a different note, DB, getting fans back in the building. We're all, you know, sort of monitoring and watching what's going on for that matter, just getting back into uh, being able to go out to restaurants and going out to, uh, you know, concerts and all sorts of stuff. Man, it seems like every other day we're getting new news, which is it's it's encouraging. It's somewhat exciting, not only about the vaccines, but now uh, did you see the news about the FDA approving the, the, the take the test at home, the COVID test at home? No, I didn't. I didn't see that. No. Yeah. So over the last 24 hours, there's okay. been some news about that. Um, which again is encouraging. Uh, get your tests at home. There are a lot of different tests that are available now, right? You, you know, the rapid Saliva, test, the mail right. test, you know, all these different tests. So they kind of go, you know, in conjunction with each other, even though they might not be made by the same people. You have to get tested, and then you have to get the vaccine, or you know, right. vice versa, I guess. Um, but it's you know, they go together. So it's important that uh, we make some advancements here. And boy, what, this is some some nice positive news here coming at the end of 2020, which has not been a a very enlightening and fun year, but 
boy, that would be a great Christmas present for everybody to get yeah, the vaccine and, approved and to get the test approved. And Billy, on that, Jay, the update from Pfizer is that when they first came out with the news about their the efficacy of the uh, uh, the vaccine, it was ninety percent. Uh, they just had an update. It was it, they had all that was an interim look at the data. They had a full look at the data. It's now ninety five percent. So it's wow. so it's it's as efficacy. The efficacy is the same as the other uh, vaccine they came out the, the Moderna vaccine. So yeah, that there is. People, there's light at the end of the tunnel. I can't tell you exactly when or where, but you will be back in the buildings. We'll all be back together again. And this will be just a bad memory at some point. Do we have to be back together, Dennis? Can't we just leave you and Antino in the man cave? And yeah, we, we could. Can... No, I could. Okay. I, I, look, I'm used to it's now going on eight months, so I guess I could go eight years, and then we'll see. We'll take it from there. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely need to get you out of the house, though, for the train ride down to San Diego. Oh, so, yeah. I'm going to ask you one question, though. Okay. Twitter stories. Like they just like ripped off, you know, I don't Instagram, that. you know, you're not, yeah. yeah, you're not down with that. Okay. I don't need it. No, no. And you know, the main reason that I don't need it yeah. is that when people reply to it, it shows up in your DMS, which, you know, that, oh. that clogs things up on Instagram. But then I, I tried it out yesterday on the Twitter side and then I had people that were replying and thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate that. You know, the people are looking at it, all that sort of stuff, but, but then it starts clogging up the DMS and, yeah. you know, we're trying to, you know, uh, track down news and you know communicate with other people and whatnot so it's, it's just it's another thing to have to filter through and uh, yeah just keep twitter clean man look here's the deal twitter if you're listening and you want to make a an upgrade to your product please allow yeah, yeah. for some sort of editing yes. of tweets okay now yeah. i understand i get it you don't want to be able to you know have an editing capability after people have already retweeted it or whatever so my suggestion is maybe allow people to edit the tweet um for I don't know, an hour, five minutes, something like that, or maybe up until um, up until the time that uh, somebody retweets it or likes it or something like that. It's just uh, it's very frustrating that sometimes you get one letter wrong and right. then you have to, you know, copy, paste, delete the tweet and then retweet right. it. I'm somebody that likes the tweets to be, you know, perfect. Shocker, yes. DB. Shock, <laughs> shocking, Jay. You a perfectionist? Get out of here. No way. So, yes, I tend to delete a tweet and retweet the new one, republish right a new one rather than doing what some people do, which they just reply to their own tweet with like, you know, a correction or whatever. Most of the time I, I like to put a fresh one out there because it serves as an archive. So years later, when I'm going to search for a funny tweet, for example, the tweet about Jared Stoll wearing the giant's hat, yeah. it would not be funny all these years later, what, eight years later, if I pull up a tweet from 2012 and like, there's a misspelling, it just, it takes away you know, from the humor. Jay, you are uh, archive savant. <laughs> when you pull stuff up from like eight years ago, like people, somebody, somebody tweets you something and then, oh yeah, you should read this article from 2000. I'm like, how, do, how did you do that? In like two minutes. It's like, you're a savant. I'm like, holy crap. You are, you are the king of archives for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I am. It's all in my brain, DB. It's all, it's all it's, there. I'm just waiting just for amazing. somebody to ask you about it. It's not that you can just go find it. It's the speed at which you do find the stuff. It, to me, it's like, how the fuck? How does the guy do it? Like it's like it's like you have a staff of twelve that research this stuff and go, oh, yeah, this goes back to no, it's all you just in in that crazy head of yours finds this yeah. stuff. It's just amazing. Yeah. Well, Dennis, it's been another great episode. Thank you so much to Brock Faber for coming on the program. He was just a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed getting to know him. And uh, like you said, very composed and uh, high character kid. Look forward to seeing what's going to happen with him. And listeners, you can follow along. Brock Faber is going to be on TV. You want to watch some hockey? Here you go. 
Brock Faber, the University of Minnesota. They have a two-game set against uh, Penn State, Cole Holtz, uh, former team, uh, one of the, uh, the top-ranked teams in the country in Minnesota. I think they're ranked number uh, 14 or something like that. Um, they're going to be on TV. It's on the Big Ten Network. If you have DirecTV or Dish or whatever, you can look it up. Just Google it, Big Ten Network, and uh, you can find the game is on uh Thursday night, and then the other game uh, is on Friday, and they're also on TV again next week, and they will be playing Wisconsin. You definitely want to look that game up, if for no other reason to check out Tony Granato's insane <laughs> flow. He is he is rocking the uh, mid-90s mullet, so good for Tony Granato and the University of Wisconsin. So you can catch Brock Faber and the University of Minnesota, uh, and that's, that's great to have hockey back on TV, DB. Yeah, there's no excuse for – and especially you – you're missing um, the World Juniors. There's no excuse for any Kings fan not to watch World Juniors this year. Just absolutely not. You should just hand in your card if you're not going to watch the Juniors, given the fact that you say maybe nine, maybe ten kids will be playing in that tournament. Yeah, look, uh, Byfield Mania is really at uh, it, it's it's peaking here in Los Angeles. Uh, it's not quite at Pennermania level, but no. it's, it's it's up there. Getting okay, there, right. It's getting there, and it, it will only get bigger. It'll probably eclipse uh, Pennermania at some point. Sorry, Dustin. Um, I know I know he's listening, but. Look, uh, there's a lot of hype on Byfield. There's a lot of interest in Byfield. And so if you're going to watch the World Juniors for for no other reason, you get an opportunity to see Quentin Byfield. And But, you know, like you said, DB, there are so many other Kings prospects from Bjornfoot and Kaliev and Turcotte and a lot of guys that, hell, they've been on the show recently. Um, so you can go watch the Kings of the Podcast. Alum. You know, now that I think about it, DB, we need to try to get as many of those 11 on the podcast before the World Juniors. Sure. So uh, just give me more links to tweet out during the... <laughs> <laughs> during the tournament to make sure that people, you know, Hey, Turcotte just scored for USA. Great. You should, here's a good interview. You should go and listen to this interview on Kings of the podcast. Ah, uh, okay. too much. Fun um, we're going to wrap this show up. Please, everybody go vote in the reverse retro cup. That's on the homepage of mayorsmanner.com. We want your opinions on the jerseys and Dennis, we will be back very shortly here in the coming days with Cole Holtz, another young, promising LA Kings prospect. This week at Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers. And 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.